Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective. And there's not that much happening in the world right now. No election, no lockdowns happening anywhere. So I thought we would just kind of hang out and see what comes up. But first, let's talk about the lockdown situation in England. From what I understand, and listen, anything you hear from me about a country outside of the US, take with a quite a, a mountain of salt. That's right. Uh, the Greek over there can't, can't, can't contain himself when spices and cooking comes up. Did you, did you know they invented pasta? And I just made that fact up. Once again, take it with salt. Anyway, um, lest uh, anyone out there lose your sense of humor, we need to talk about what's happening in England. Am I going to tell you all about it? Not exactly, but I'm going to sort of allude to what's happening. There's going to be another lockdown. Did the first one ever exactly end? It's kind of unclear to me. They, they lock everything down and then you're allowed to congregate if it's, a, if it's it, you know, if you're protesting against racism and then you're also allowed to congregate if it's like a political campaign rally and then you're not allowed to get your hair cut. It's just all very confusing to me. Anyway, I'm, all I have to say is let's hand it over to the other guys for a moment here. We've got a couple of people here, actually, in addition to me. To help us understand the situation, we've got a man who is not exactly British, but if you trace us all far enough, we all came from a common ancestor, which makes us all one human family. It's Mark Pellegrino. Hey, man. <laughs> and uh, of course, we've got a man who, uh, if you trace us all far enough in the realm of ideas, it all traces back to the place where he was born, literally blocks away from the birthplace of Aristotle, probably. <laughs> Nico Sotira Capolus. Thank you. So I had the haircut yesterday because the, the lockdown is, is coming. So, yes, from Thursday, we're entering a new lockdown. Uh, similar to the previous one, with the exception that now they promise it's going to be only one month. And, of course, whenever they say something, we believe them. Another difference is that schools and universities are going to be open. With universities, open is in quotation marks because usually I go and I'm in empty lecture theaters. And another difference is that this time they also said that traveling abroad but also within the country is effectively banned but it's okay if it's for work or something like that so if you if the previous lockdown was not enough and east germany simulation game this time you've got all the package which means you need to find a clever way if you want to cross the borders i've heard stories about that from uh, from, uh, from, the, uh, from the former socialist bloc. So the slogan is the same as the previous one, which is mostly protect the NHS. And if you think that the national health system is there to protect you, you're wrong. You have to sacrifice to protect the NHS. And again, we have the usual... The, so, so the prime minister appeared with two scientists. The scientists showed us some graphs that, that's all that we got. The, the draft said the system is going to be overflown, the, the hospital system. X amount of people will be will die. We need to do something. What do we do? Uh, we do another lockdown. Now, the good thing is that Prime Minister said that we might be allowed, and I quote, allowed to celebrate Christmas, but we don't know yet. So... Here's, here's my first comment. I think more than anything else, the state and the government at this point is like flexing. 
when it tells you that you might be allowed and uses this term, then the, for me, this is flexing. This is flexing power. When it's telling you that you cannot travel abroad, please explain to me with all the goodwill in the world, what else could it be instead of flexing? Because you have one of the countries with the biggest, what they call community spread of the virus, right? So what difference does it make, even if I have the virus, if I jump on an airplane and go somewhere else? So that's why I wonder at what point is it clear that this has little to do with science and has more to do with you fill the blank. I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm lost at words or whatever the phrase is. I think we've passed that point when we asked that question, what does this have to do with science, haven't we? I, I think there, haven't there been objective studies already that show the lockdowns do not work? And did Taiwan lock anybody down or did they just test track and isolate sick people? And I don't think they had to lock down their entire economy to keep the, the virus from spreading. I mean, this, this clearly seems like a power grab and what's, what's, it's not disturbing so much to me that the government is doing it, that's what governments do. What's disturbing to me is how easily people are falling for it. That's the scariest thing. I, I responded to somebody on Facebook yesterday who posted a little video of an empty park in Paris and talking about the rules that she has to follow in Paris that she's dutifully following. She can't go more than a kilometer away from her house or the police will, uh, you know, uh, will ask her for her, her location and fine her 130 euros if she's more than a kilometer from her house. And she acted as if, as if this was normal for her own good, for the good of us all. And I couldn't help but comment um, that it's not. And that it's terrible that we're just sort of uh, going over the uh, going over the precipice with eyes closed, um, as if this is uh, this is what governments are supposed to do, and this is what you're supposed to do as a good citizen. It's scary. Is Can I add something here before Raka jumps in because it's context on what uh, on what you just said, Mark? Uh, also in Greece now, which is also in the process of a second lockdown, some places are official. Lockdown. So, for example, in Thessaloniki, the second biggest city in Greece, you need to text the government to go out. So one of the measures is that you have to wear a mask outside, outside. So when you walk, when you take your solitary walk, you have to wear a mask. Again, if someone can explain to me what this has to do with science, then I'm happy to hear it. Sorry, I, I can tell you what it. Ha I can tell you what it has to do with revenue. I think you know they're not giving the revenue streams that they used to because they've shut down the economies. But if they can catch you outside of your house without a mask, that's a that's a 50 euro they can put into their coffers. Well, so, I don't even think that they, they even have the notion of the economy anymore in their head. So, but anyway, let's see what. Are, are you saying that masks don't work? What do you mean when you say they have nothing to do with science? masks outside when you walk your dog wearing a mask uh, well isn't the idea that you like you might pass by somebody and you get like into an intimate proximity from them i'm not look i'm not like part so, of the mask lobby i'm just asking so asking the you, tough questions so the tough question is that that if you bypass someone for two mm -hmm. seconds outside you're gonna pass the virus to each other i mean if you find If, the, if, <laughs> if anyone can tell me that, yeah, there are doctors who are saying this and this is indeed a thing, because then why, what about the two, uh, what about, for example, the idea that it has to do with time of the exposure and the distance and the indoors versus outdoors? 
So if this is the case, for example, that was not the narrative in March or in April or in June. Or if this is the case, why did two months ago the British government said, had this scheme, the help out to pay out, to help out, stuff like that. I don't know, I didn't use it, which is if you eat outside, if you eat in restaurants, part of the bill is going to be paid by the government, obviously by the taxpayers, but they wouldn't put it this way. So no, I'm not, uh, I don't think that this has anything to do with uh, science or I'm missing, I'm missing all that scientific data and I might need to get educated more. But from what I've seen, that's, that has very little to do with it. And then about um, studies show that lockdowns don't prevent the spread of the virus. I mean, but doesn't it? Because like we, we pass it to one another. So I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not for the lockdown. I'm asking. Well, of course, of course, of course, maintaining social distance uh, scientifically has been shown to not uh, pass the virus. Locking down people who are not sick, though, just destroys the economy. Yeah, you have to, you, you definitely have to quarantine sick people and trace and trace and track uh, who they've had contacts with. But uh, it seems like the countries with the hardest lockdowns, the most draconian rules, have some of the worst outbreaks. Um, Belgium, so, Spain, France, yeah. UK. I know correlation <laughs> isn't cause correlation isn't causation, but uh, the correlations are pretty strong. <laughs> and here's the thing: we are not saying. Oh, the lockdowns definitely don't work. But we're in a position where we definitely know that the lockdown is going to bring a disaster to the economy, a disaster. And we don't know if they actually work. So it's not that we have two uncertainties. It's like, well, at least go with the one that's going to save the lives because it's the safe option, right? So what has happened in the UK in the previous months, people missed their appointments with a doctor, with important stuff, things like cancer, not to even mention, because I don't want to, I always in crisis avoid to play the, the trick that says, oh, what about mental illnesses? People are going to get depressed because this is a bit deterministic. But again, at some point, it becomes a reality that when you're told this is your life now with no end in sight. I, of course, it's demoralizing. Of course, it's demoralizing. I can't help but think I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I can't help but think that's the actual goal. <laughs> is to demoralize you and, and, and leave you with less confidence in your own judgment. Uh, it's ironic that we're in, I just voted. Uh, you can see my vote here. I just voted, but it's ironic that, we, that we ha it's, we're in voting season right now, but we have governments that are maintaining the, the notion that we're, we're too stupid to take care of ourselves. So how, if we're too stupid to take care of ourselves, how can we be intelligent enough to, to, to pick representatives? Let's just dispense with this voting nonsense altogether. I don't think we're too stupid to take care of ourselves. I definitely don't think the government should be uh, making our decisions for us. But in the current culture we live in, I mean, when you see people congregating in mass in close proximity, uh, either to, to party or to burn down the city or whatever it is they're doing, I mean, don't you kind of lose some, I'll say, faith? <coughs> in the current state of humanity, obviously based on the philosophical influences, et cetera. It's not just inherent in human nature to be stupid the way that I see it. But um, I'm not entirely sure that, um, that people are wrong to be, um, to be skeptical about the intelligence of most people right now. Now, I would say capitalism will get us to a place where people are able to make more informed decisions. Capitalism will lower the cost of medicine. Capitalism... Uh, lack of capitalism got us into this mess the way that I see it. I'm just, uh, 
I tend to push back a bit when I hear that, oh, that people don't think we're smart enough to make decisions, but I keep seeing people acting crazy. I keep seeing people um, at Trump rallies just, or at the BLM uh, protests. Obviously the virus doesn't care why you're congregating. It just loves to swing from, uh, from person to person. Maybe I'm, I, I, I don't think I'm being partisan by saying, I think some of the rights, uh, a reaction, conspiracy theory reactions uh, come from the hyperbole on the left. To me, the left has 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 proven that uh, the truth is not their barometer for anything. And I, I, I sort of understand where a person could be coming from, saying, "Well, the the entire establishment has an agenda. It has nothing to do with my well-being. It has more to do with the preservation of the establishment. And so I'm not going to believe anything the establishment says anymore. It's like the boy who cried wolf. How many times has the media cried wolf in the last four years? Well, plenty. Enough, enough to lose all credibility, I think, in the minds of the people. And unfortunately, the irrational reaction to that is what we're seeing in these massive super spreader rallies where people just disregard actual evidence. And also, if people want to do stupid things, I'm free to not do stupid things. Then yes. I don't understand this idea of collective punishment. I mean, I hate it in, in the army, but at least the idea is that if someone from the platoon does something stupid, when you're in the battlefield, yeah, we're all going to be responsible for it. We're all going to pay it. But the idea that because some people are partying, I have to walk in the forest wearing a mask. <clears throat> I don't get it. Or because some people are partying, I cannot take an airplane and fly somewhere else. I, I really don't get it. So if someone, can, if someone can explain to me, for example, this, I'll focus on the international travel. Because, again, when you hear, for example, East Germany, the first thing that comes to mind is these crazy people that wouldn't allow you to leave the country. And yes, may, I know it's only for a month. Yes, okay, but... I'm not convinced this is not going to continue, first of all. And second, the fact that it's only for the month doesn't tell me anything. This idea that your government is... I would understand in a way saying no one is coming in. I understand you're panicking, you want to control whatever. But the idea that you can't go out, that I really, really, really don't... Uh, I really don't understand. This is, this is flexing. I can't see this as anything else rather than flexing. And here's one more thing that really worries me for the future, not for now. This idea that the experts have spoken, therefore shut up. You know what I see this playing? You know what's the next thing that I see this playing? Climate change. When this is over, it's going to be, ah, we didn't listen to science in the first time and see what happened. Now the even bigger disaster is coming. So now here's, here's two experts by my side with their PowerPoints. Therefore, here are all the draconian measures that we're going to take for climate change. So I have zero tolerance for this violation of, my, of, of our rights because I see where they're going. I see how they worked in the previous time. And again, people don't know what it means. It's a, a wrecked economy. I come from Greece and I realize what a wrecked economy is. It's not the same as being poor, Right. You, we've been bullshitted this idea that, oh, the problem is inequality. No, it's, it's the real problem is poverty everywhere, right? Loss of opportunity everywhere. So I'm afraid we're going to see this. I'm afraid we're going to see what it means to live in a, ruined, uh, in a ruined economy. And again, Greece was not that bad as, I don't know, Argentina in 2001 or whatever, but I'm telling you it's not good.
And with every and with that, and and my fear is I think you're right, Nikos. And but and my fear is that they'll be able to spin spin the story again when the when the collapse happens, they'll spin it again in, in their narrative. And to to what you said, Rucka. Look, I mean, we've been ceding moral agency to powers to the powers that be for decades upon decades upon decades. That has that has a, a cumulative effect on self esteem, cognition. Uh, every aspect of our life is affected by this. So it's sort of a, a perpetuating, a self-perpetuating cycle where we cede moral agency and cognitive capacity to somebody else. They take that power, we have less, and it, and it just snowballs into what we're seeing now, which is, I think, real tyranny all over the world now. Um, I mean, all over the world, even in America. Uh, <clears throat> not for the first time, but... But, but but it's being accepted on mass for the first time. Talking about acceptance, uh, there was a research, again, as Raga would say, take it with a pinch of salt. But 70% of the population agrees or wants more strict or wants stricter measures. So the, there's a lot of noise by the teaching unions that they, de they demand the schools to be closed. Now you can make whatever you want of this. Now, 30% reacting is better than March when the people reacting was basically 100 people in the country or at least vocally reacting. And I'm so proud that ARC UK was one of these few people. But yeah, anyway, I, I've talked too much today. I'm really angry. I, I, I felt really, really angry during this weekend. So I'll shut up here. I don't, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. We're, we're, we're seeing... We're seeing um, Liberty being defamed in the media uh, by highlighting stupid people who go into places without masks and claim that they have a right to do that. That to me, that's there's they're deliberately attacking the notion of, of of freedom and they're deliberately associating it with stupid people to make people afraid uh, to question the zeitgeist. And um, and that's really a shame. There's a concerted effort on multiple fronts to end individualism. You end it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to remind people whenever there's uh, this sort of um, discontent with the state of things that capitalism would have uh, prevented this in large part if, if medicine and pharmaceuticals and science itself would have been left to the market from the start and to this day. I think uh, something like the coronavirus would be like a, the common cold, if not even more easily avoided and less lethal. I mean, there's no telling how long we would all be living. There's no telling how how much higher our standard of living would be uh, if capitalism had been left intact. And just look at the um, accelerated development of technology. If you look at a sector of the economy that has been left basically free, like the iPhone, like the Internet and all the technology surrounding that. Look how you can't give away a uh, technology from 10 years ago to somebody. You can't give it away to them. They don't want it anymore. Imagine if that were the medical industry. Imagine if that were just science in general. And that would be the case if we had political freedom. So keep that in mind always. And keep in mind that the way to get us back to life and as normal, but even way better than life as it was and, and, and move towards a bright future is capitalism as a political system. And of course, uh, 
the frustrating element is that it's hard to get people to think in principles that might be protecting us from the uh, Nikoses of 2010s of the world that were out there pushing for Marxism. It could be that people's uh, reluctance to accept principles might be keeping away the Marxists. That's sort of the good, the silver lining. But obviously the negative part is it's very difficult to sort of pitch a philosophy. It's very difficult to get people to be philosophical in the era of disintegration in the era of compartmentalization. So uh, it's an uphill battle, but the Greeks have done it before. And uh, with their help, we can do it again. By the way, no, no kidding here. All my Marxist years, I've never felt the, the urge to take on the streets as much as I did yesterday. I mean, I didn't, of course, because there's nothing happening there. But uh, I really think there should be some kind of political principled, obviously, not uh, something that responds to that. This, 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 I, I, there's, there has to be something on, on that. And I think the new political divisions that you're going to see are going to be more and more down these lines of individual autonomy and freedom versus whatever we're living now. Of course, there's a huge danger that they can be hijacked by however you want to call it, populist, whatever. Well, if you don't want to them to be hijacked, we have to be on the first line we, on these processes so that we make sure they, anyway. Right, so join, join, with, join with the American Capitalist Party. Look at the platform there and start, uh, start trying to make that a reality, folks, whoever's listening to this. Here, here, yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't got, uh, I mean, the, there are some political small movements here, but it's uh, the situation, unfortunately, in the UK is nowhere near... Anyway, and this taking on the streets, that was Nikos, that was not Iron Center UK. So I disagree with Razi on the issue of protests. So anyway, uh -huh. that's that. And we're looking forward to that debate, um, or as Nikos would call it, a debate. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a joke on my accent? A little bit, but every uh, every joke comes from a place of endearment. And let me say this, by the way, let's focus on the positive. Let's focus on the fact that the Internet world is going to continue flourishing technologies. You know, buy some Zoom stock if you're into that whole thing. Um, look for opportunities online, you know, sell, sell stuff online, uh, broadcast online like we've been doing. We've been flourishing here on this uh, at the Ayn Rand Center UK. It's been Lots and lots of content, such as one coming up later today in 40 minutes. I'm getting a message from the Lord Emperor behind the scenes. It's been a lot of content. Uh, other podcasts and other uh, YouTube channels have been uh, flourishing as well. So you at home, think about, you know, what, 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 do what you, what can you do? You know, do what you can with what you have where you are. You know as what's the, a nice thing to do? Fall in love or inspire love by other people. So this is what we're discussing in 40 minutes in Ayn Rand Center UK's uh, meetup. So the, if you want the details, obviously go to our social media. But the event is with Ed Locke and Ellen Kenner. And the title is The Selfish Path to Romance. It's going to be live on our YouTube channel. Now, I've read the, the, the two people we, whom we're having. I've read the book. Uh, they, they've written a book on a theory, let's say a view of romance inspired by objectivism. I think it's a, it's a really, really good one. And I'm surprised that all these years in objectivism, I only 
started reading it yesterday. So if you want an escape from all this madness and to talk about love, romance, nice values, excel, uh, values worth pursuing, join the meetup in 35 minutes. Gentlemen, anything else? I, sub- I assume we've, we're going to come back discussing these things. Is there anything happening tomorrow, Big? No. <laughs> <laughs> so last election, Tuesday, tomorrow. And whoever is on the show, or if I'm on the show, I might also try to give a prediction. We see where we stand in terms of how we view things going. Anyway, more on that tomorrow from me and my co-host. All the best. Thank you very much.